Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 158. Your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek, if you ask nicely. <laughs> uh, we do drink alcohol on the show. However, we do keep this show family friendly in both language and content. If you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, please let us know in the chat and we will give some early show shout outs as we go along. If you'd like to support the channel in whatever way you'd like to support us, you can join us on either Patreon or Floatplane. And as a perk, you'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads all week long, and take part in the super secret after show that happens every week on Wednesday in the Discord. All super chats are read on the air, so long as they meet the family-friendly criteria. Welcome. Yeah. I'm getting better at that. Only took you me far. That I know. I was uh, I was quite impressed as you're doing. I was like, wow, he's even getting like the breath down too. Right, right. So my on-camera style is I say the same phrase twenty times until it sounds right and has the right pacing to it. Um, that's how I shoot my videos. That's why it sounds scripted. Is I will work on the same you know two exact or three same, lines yeah. at a time until it's exactly the way that I want it to say and exactly the wording that I want. Um, so everyone accuses me of like scripting every video. I used to script every video uh, until I found I was spending more time writing the script than I would if I actually just filmed it. And when I filmed it, it felt more natural. Natural, yeah, so. you, you have a flow and it's easier to be, oh, okay, I can make that line better. I can edit it again and you just repeat the line again. Exactly. Yeah. Eventually, I'll get there with Talking Heads. It, that one, I don't get to practice nearly as much, though. <laughs> oh, all right. How are we you doing, John? Tell, oh, it's okay. I'm okay. I'm tired. My nope. my son got a little uh, cold. There's runny nose and been hard sleeping this weekend. That was the worst part. I was so looking forward to the weekend, you know, and then... It was like Friday night. He's like, I don't feel good. And then he's just like, you know, doing the the, the arm to face. Yeah. And so we, we got him a box and a box of tissues. And so he's like basically just pulling it out, wipe, throws it in. So there's all these tissues piling up. And he, you know, By just way, forgot to give uh, uh, YouTube. condolences to YouTube yes. <laughs> for their outage today. <laughs> So yeah, it's just been, didn't get a whole lot of sleep. So just kind of uh, really tired. Yeah. So yeah. And you know, it's been cold and um, everyone, everyone else uh, shoots inside their house. I, I don't, I shoot in my garage. So it's cold. It's a little chilly. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I was been like a couple times I had to even like have a heater on in here for me. Yeah. I was, uh, I was working on something on my, one of my servers today. Um, so my, my main server, my Dell R7610 that runs Proxmox and all of my internal services that I actually use every day in my house, um, I had a stick of RAM go bad in that. And so I had oh. a couple of unexpected shutdowns on it and I was trying to diagnose it, but couldn't. And then uh, a couple days ago, I restarted it and it said uh, uh, the Dell memory assist thing came up, the uh, RMT came up and said, you have a failing stick of RAM. Is that why you've been rebooting so often lately? No. Maybe. <laughs> so I got some new RAM ordered, got another 16 gig DDR3 stick that matched all the rest of them because there's 16 sticks in that PC. 
<laughs> so uh yeah have have to make sure it's matching so i get all my channels memory active and yeah uh but yeah i was out there at nine o'clock this morning it's all of like 31 degrees in the garage <laughs> oh yeah i know yeah you just go out there like oh this wakes you up like that yeah so yeah and then uh yeah so by the way, I love server rails because you can just slide that server out, open it up. Didn't have to disconnect anything. Oh, it was nice. And yes, Rambo's in here. He's uh, yeah, he's sweet. walking around in the back. Yeah. Are you going to come up here? You want to come up here? Come on. We'll come here. Don't meow at me like you want up and then and then snuff. And then not do it. Yeah. The people demand it. I'll get him. <laughs> There's the Rammy cat. Yes, he is really that big. <laughs> yeah. And that's not even full size. The camera adds 10 pounds, which makes him about 22 at this point in time. <laughs> You're not going to chill? No? Okay. Yeah. He doesn't want to chill tonight. Maybe he will later. All right. All right. Uh, let's see if anyone's got anything to drink in the chat. Uh, let's see. Oh, well, Jeff, oh, you want to go through our drinks and we'll go, go sure. through the chat too? All yeah, right. Let's do it. So I got uh, someone actually recommended this to me. I think it was either on your channel or mine. They asked me to do a review on it. So usually I buy it twice. And so I thought I'd drink it here first. Maybe he'll see it get a quick review but it's shiner's bach so they wanted me to try this bach beer thinking it was a, a decent cheap beer so i was like okay i'll try it so yeah it's a dollar 89 i think that's not bad no so 4.4 percent supposedly traditional german style kind of a brown ale nice and i got my cool little metal right. mug good old metal kind of a holiday Nice. Um, so I am uh, also drinking a Bach tonight. Mine's a little bit less traditional, we'll say. <laughs> um, so this one I've had in my fridge for probably close to a year. Um, I bought it quite some time ago. I don't remember, but it was definitely the last time I was at a bottle shop, which has been since before I moved into my house last December. So it's been at least a year. Um <laughs> This is from alaskanbeer.com, or Alaskan Beer, Alaskan Brewing Company, handcrafted in Juneau, Alaska. Uh, this is their Imperial Bach, which is an Icebach ale uh, brewed with oak chips in it. So not barrel-aged, but actually chipped oak. Um, and uh, I was reading the ABV before I got on the stream because I went, oh, a nice Bach, even if it's Imperial, you know, 7 8%. Yeah. 12.5. <laughs> 12 and a half percent yeah, you'll, be, you'll be sipping on that for most of the show right so that's like me i gotta go and uh do my budweiser thing to a couple of these and i'll match yours yeah go freeze distill it well didn't you say that was an ice box yeah yeah, so that's basically what they did is they freeze distilled the box. So right. you're probably going to get some really multi flavors out of that. Oh, man. Multi um, banana, 
very mm-hmm. banana. Like, I've had hefts that weren't this much banana. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, different style beer, but, uh, Belgian underground secret army. Oh, really? But like a 12% version of that. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. (laughs) That was, that was a Belgian strong. Um, this is, uh, yeah, I think that was like 9% too. Yeah. It was, might've been even eight. It it wasn't, it wasn't a real heavy hitter, but, uh, no one knows what beer we're talking about at this point, but uh, <laughs> yes, but, it's uh, one of our personal favorite, local favorites. Yes, um, no, this is a fantastic bit of malt flavor to it. Um, it doesn't drink like twelve and a half either. I'm I'm kind of worried for my night at this point. <laughs> well, as long as you don't drink it fast. What was it called again? It was Alaskan Brewery. Al- Alaskan Brewing, uh, Imperial Bach. Icebox style ale brewed with oak chips. That is wonderful. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Just curious. Fuck. Imperial oh, Pilot Series. Oh yeah. Yeah. Twelve five. Oh yeah. I have a. Oh yeah. Let's see. Couple friends had it. Yeah. The job. Uh, my Jason. Our friend. Of course, the, uh, it. Yeah, yeah, of course he has it. Yeah, he gave it a, a two five. He said, uh, well done, nice and balanced. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sounds delicious. Yep. Uh, let's see. Sakura is drinking coffee. Uh, we've got a. <laughs> Steve, you know, I, I'm not going to repeat that on the air, but thank you for chiming in. <laughs> um, someone's a Star Trek nerd. Have you not watched the show before? Oh, yeah, apparently you've never seen this show <laughs> or any of Jeff's background. Right. For the first year of my set, I had this Star Trek chess set in the background. Um, let's see. Uh, got, got some Infinite Citra from Pipeworks Brewing. That's from John. Uh, oh, I had some stuff from Pipeworks. Uh, Rev is Rev is cracking a big mood from Firestone Walker. Oh, wild ale! Yeah, they have yeah. some very, very expensive and interesting wild sour ales. Because he's a cat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kildai is having a McMinimins Ruby Red. Nice. I love a good ruby. I've Kildai. had that one before. Yeah. Uh, El Polo. So, Steve, drinking a brown gravy old-fashioned. You're just making stuff up. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, cold cold fire, good... mi- yeah, cold fire, minute after midnight, imperial stat with coffee. That's from Bundy. Oh, yeah. Mailman is having a good life sweet as... <clears throat> cold fire, yeah. Rhett's having a Boss Squad. Uh, Someone Daniel's having hot cocoa. Nice. That would actually be really good right now for me. <laughs> and four ninety nine donation from Fallen AK. Thank you. With no comment after it. So, thank you for the donation. I appreciate it. All right. Shall we get into some news since we're like Let's... fifteen minutes into this whole thing already? Yeah. Why not? Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> two different streams and whatever. Yeah. A little bit of craziness, but hey, we're we're live, so can't ask for too we've much had, more. We've had worse. We've had worse. 
uh just watch the last video that's on uh <laughs> twitch to see how <laughs> so i haven't streamed on twitch for a while and so i uh i clicked on my channel and the last video that i streamed uh was a talking heads but it was episode 45 not 145 45 um and it was me ranting about my cable company for seven minutes straight <laughs> I think I remember that. Weren't they like digging in your front yard or something? Yeah, they had, they had just trenched a new cable for me. And then two weeks later, they were already corroded because they, they, they didn't insulate them properly. Uh, they they had stripped one of them wrong. The All the wires in the main box were frayed. Yeah, I went on a whole rant because I was so done with them at that point. Uh, only true fans remember the original title. All right. Let's get into some news. Uh, so I saw this product and immediately started searching for it. Um, I am dying for this to show up on Taobao or AliExpress or something because I have to have one. I have to have one. I have to review it. I want to know how this thing works, what it is, and if it's actually usable. But this thing reminds me a lot of, what was that, the Razer Blade, the 10-inch uh, oh, PC yeah, the with... It was Intel integrated graphics. It was Iris graphics or maybe like a, a, a 950M or something like that. Um, but it had these controllers on the side of a 10-inch screen. Um, this is not going to be a 10-inch screen. So I guess the the more apt current description would be like a, a GPD win um, handheld. But that's based on the Atom CPU. And the Atom CPU has never been a powerful chip. Uh, it's never had anything close to reasonable graphics outside of anything 720p at 30 frames a second, which for portables is just fine. Yeah. But what if you want a portable with actual gaming chops, 60 FPS at at 720p, pushing 60 on like esports titles at 1080p on a seven inch screen? Well, you might be in luck. Uh, a company called Aya Neo is coming out with a handheld gaming device. Wrong one. Sorry, wrong one. <laughs> handheld gaming device with an AMD Ryzen 4500U on board. That is a four-core, eight-threaded, full mobile chip with Vega 8 graphics on board. Oh, heck yes. Oh, yeah, Vega 6. Uh, yeah, AMD Vega 6, excuse me. Um, and, uh, and sorry, it's a six-core processor. Six-core, six threads with Vega yeah. 6. Uh, so 384 stream processors, nothing too shabby, and a default GPU clock of 1.5 gigahertz. Um, now, it's certainly nothing to write home about as far as, you know, raw gaming performance goes. Yeah. But as someone who had a 2500U and played games when I was on the go with it, that's got plenty of gaming chops for, you know, low settings, 1080p. And what more do you want on a laptop, let alone a seven-inch handheld? Something the yeah. size of, slightly larger than a PSP. Yeah, it's basically the size of a Switch. Right. A little, I think it's like a little bit bigger or smaller, but yeah, yeah it basically it, looks like a Switch. Yeah, it, it's smaller in one dimension, a little bit bigger in another. Um, but definitely not, you know, in NVIDIA Tegra graphics on board. Um, you know, you're getting full, not necessarily discrete, but full range mobile graphics chips with the the Vega 6 on there. That's pretty exciting in in what is a very tiny little device. 
Yes, yeah, it, it is. It is super, really exciting. Um, it's cool. It sounds fun. Uh, I, I don't really care for it. The Windows interface that it looks like it has. I almost wish it had its own kind of skin to go over it to navigate. Mm -hmm. So a little bit bigger to read. Although the something like Steam point, Big Picture would be yeah, perfect. So, something like that because they're basically showing you Windows, you know, ten on there, and the icons on the bottom is like. Those are really hard to see, and and your right. cursor is going to be hard to see. Right. Um. But did you see the price that they're asking for? This? I didn't see the price yet. Okay. So it says it says in the article that the pricing has been set at, uh, three three thousand nine hundred ninety nine yons. So uh, six hundred and five. Six six hundred U.S. dollars. Yeah, six hundred U.S. dollars. So that's a bit expensive. In my um, my you know, I actually don't think that's too bad because. Laptops with a 4500U are starting about that same price point. Oh, yeah, I, for now, full, see, I can, you know, 13, 14, 15 inch laptops. But that's the thing. It's a laptop. It's a keyboard. It's a multiple right. useful thing. And it's all in one. This is designed just to be pure gaming. And there's no keyboard. There's no, I need to do also my work and my internet browsing. And what are you going to do? A, a touch screen interface and type you know, all of your comments or searches. Right, but, but for those who love the PSP or the Nintendo Switch form factor, I'm definitely a fan of the Nintendo Switch form factor. Yeah, I love the Nintendo Switch form factor. Kit, um, so let's put this into perspective, okay? One of my, like, dream, like, I want this product mm -hmm. has been a mobile PC that will play Dolphin Emulator at full speed. Oh, yeah, okay. We just got one. Yeah. And it's $600. And this is not outside the realm of what people would spend on a PSP or a Nintendo Switch or, you know, some other things, especially if you have a whole library of Steam games and you just want to be able to play them on the go and you're not able to stream your games all the time. Yeah. Um, this is a great solution for that. It, it is a great solution. Uh, it's $600, though. It's still, I mean, that is high-end gaming you're, price. I mean, you're definitely stretching it and it's not an impulse buy for most people. Yes, Where, whereas $299 for a Switch, most people can swallow that. You know, $199 for a Switch Lite. Okay, you know. Um, $600, I will say, it is out of reach of, of you know, that typical handheld gamer market. Yeah. Um, but if you look at like the Razer Blade 10, which was marketed to be the same type of thing, that was a thousand bucks. If you look at yes. the GPD Win, those start in the 400. They easily push 700 when they start putting the Pentium dual cores in them. Yeah. Um, $600 for a 4,500U base handheld is not a bad deal. No, it's, uh, see, like, I think if they did something similar to like, say the Switch to where if they used, cause I didn't see it in the article, but like a USB-C, um to where then you it comes like say with a dock mm -hmm. that has a keyboard and mouse that can you know you uh you know uh, hdmi to a monitor your a spare monitor this i think that, I, that would be I, really cool i believe this had USB-C with video capability and so technically you could just buy a USB-C dock and plug yeah. it in when you got home with one cable and you've got your keyboard mouse monitor everything yeah usb in there yeah yeah so uh also, we didn't say it does come. There are supposedly two models, a 500 gigabit of uh, storage gigabyte. and a one terabyte. Yeah. Sorry, gigabyte. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And the one terabyte is $150 more. See, that's not bad, though. Um, a, a one terabyte drive is running about $110 to $120. Yeah, they're typical of a lot of companies. They, they don't give you money off if you replace a part. They just charge you the price of the upgraded part. So a 500 gig drive is probably 40 bucks nowadays retail. 
Uh, one terabyte's about 120, 150 at retail from the same OEM. That's not a terrible upgrade price. And honestly, well, then... a terabyte for Steam games that you can carry around in your pocket, I, I find that very appealing. Okay, so it does look like, according to the, the, some of the pictures, it does look like it has maybe even two USB-C slots. Um, I'm just looking at the very bottom. They have a picture slideshow. It does not look like the handles come out, and it is just slightly larger than the Switch, essentially. But basically the exact same form factor setup as a Switch. But yeah, right. I mean, it's cool. I do really wish, though, it probably had something like uh, a skin, you know, like a Steam skin over it. Mm -hmm. That would probably really benefit because all the screenshots you can see, it's just Windows. Right. So your cursor's very tiny. Right. Um, unless it is touchscreen, but even then it's very tiny. If you have to type in your Steam account constantly, I'm betting it's a touchscreen, but it's probably very annoying. Right. Um, just wish, I like the concept. I really like the concept if, like, someone bought it like you or you got it to review i'd be like i want to check this out i think this is really cool mm -hmm. two years from now if i saw one on sale for like 300 bucks yeah maybe i would buy it then definitely you know? right i've i've thought not a number of times about picking up a gpd win just to have something that i can play like emulation on that's that's not like a hacky way to do it on a switch or something yeah. else you know I, I like modifying consoles as much as the next guy and modifying handhelds and things like that but at the same time, it's always there's always some level of jank to it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Whereas I mean, if you have eighty percent only works. Yeah. Right. Whereas if you have a Windows backbone or a Linux backbone, something like RetroArch or Steam or just basic Windows, you can do whatever you want, and you have the full support of thirty years of console emulation behind it. Yeah. Um, versus a one-off single-man project that happened to write you know, cross-compile an emulator for this one other platform that doesn't work kind, well. Yeah, kind kind of works. Uh, on this level, it gets a little shaky, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it'll, it, it could crash during these levels. Yeah, Andrew, uh, Andrew, $5 donation. Thank you so much. Uh, the new Win GDP is going to be uh, Tiger-like. Yes, I did see that. And that has, is actually kind of exciting um, if they are going to um, uh, integrate Tiger-like into that because... Apparently, Tiger like is going to have a little bit, a uh, little bit of pop to it that Intel hasn't uh, been giving generational improvements for quite a while on. So, <coughs> uh, craft computing. Did you buy anything from the AliExpress sale they had today? No, I've spent enough money on AliExpress in the last month. I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Yes, he spent a dollar. That's enough. That'll get you basically no. anything you want. No. I, I spent more. I spent like eight hundred dollars on AliExpress in the last two oh, months. Yeah. How much of that was like stupid, like smartwatches? <laughs> Not as much as you'd think. A um, couple of them were were motherboard and CPUs that I wanted to check out, um, and they were less money than they were on eBay. And I wanted to go to kind of like global market, you know, kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so. Uh, Jeff, do you want my Gen 1 GPD win? I'll send it to you. You pay shipping, no charge. Done. Done. Uh, <laughs> DM me on Twitter. My DMs are open. Uh, yeah, hit me up. Just let me know how much. <laughs> Done, my friend. Uh, that is awesome. By the way, $5 donation again. Thank you, Andrew. You're, you rock. Because, <laughs> yeah, I've... Uh, 
I've seen the GPDs for quite some time. I've I've never been able to get hands-on with one. And I've always been interested in in picking one up and and seeing what I can do with it. Um so Yeah. Stop stealing games. Do you know how many how much of my money Nintendo has gathered over the years? Do you know <laughs> how much money I have spent on Nintendo Nintendo products? I think gosh. <laughs> It's well, yeah. It's I in mean, the from... tens of thousands of dollars added up. Yeah. Um yeah. I, I had libraries like you wouldn't believe for Super Nintendo N64, GameCube. Uh I own every one of their handhelds with the exception of the Virtual Boy. Uh with massive libraries for all of them. <laughs> um uh, I've got a Switch. I've got 15 or 20 games for the Switch. God, that's 2 grand right there. Yeah. Well, and then you ended up buying a lot of the cases for all this stuff, too. Mm -hmm. I feel no guilt at all about emulating GameCube games today. Nintendo <laughs> made their money off me, let's be clear. Yeah. You just won't make a video on how to do it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else could do that. Yeah. It's, it's readily available, tons of other places, not on this channel. Right. Uh, yeah, uh... Uh, Andrew also pointed out, if you guys like handhelds and portables and, and emulation stuff, check out ETA Prime and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Taki Undone. Yeah, uh, Taki Uden. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do subscribe to ETA Prime. Um, love his content. Um, I do a lot of stuff with Raspberry Pis around here, so it's always fun to see his reviews on on different cases and accessories and, and you know, OS builds and things like that on there. So, Yeah. If I own the physical media it, uh, of my games, no matter oh, the yeah. platform. Okay, if we want to get into emulation <laughs> law really quick, owning the physical media does not entitle you to download the media. Owning the physical media means you on your own can make your own unique backup copy of the physical media you own. If you downloaded it, it's still not technically legal. Yeah. And you're not allowed to play that backup copy unless you lose the original. And then you have to be able to prove that you owned the original and made a backup copy, and that's the copy that you're playing. That's the black and white. So make of it what you want. Make your own decisions. You're all... Not all of you, but most of you are adults. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Yep. Yeah. So, but yeah, if you're looking for a game, don't pirate it. At least, at least go spend the money. If you're mm -hmm. wanting a sub new game, go buy it. They put an effort. Yes. Um, support support the the work that those people do, especially a lot of the small developers. Yes. Uh, they really need it. They show show love. If you're gonna be doing something like that, show some good love somewhere. I buy games on good old games, even if I know I'm not going to play them, simply to support the effort of porting the games onto to modern systems. Um, when uh, they redid Diablo and Warcraft, I went. You know what? I own Diablo and Warcraft. I play them in DOSBox all the time and, and, and various other, other systems. I don't need to spend $10 on Diablo, but you know what? I'm gonna spend $10 on Diablo because maybe eventually they'll make Diablo 2 and I don't have a running disc of that. Maybe eventually they'll do Warcraft 3 and I don't have a way to run that. I'll buy those games and I wanna show the support to the ones that are being done today. Yeah. Um, 
And so I've done that numerous times for, for a lot of different things. Although I did buy the 13 remake and I've got to say, I am so horribly disappointed with it. It's not good. It's not good. Luckily I got it on sale. It was only $27 instead of 40, but holy crap, $40. It, boy, it needs a lot of work. It's, yeah, I'm not going to get into that rant. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop myself with that one. All right. Uh, this one caught You're my attention. About, yeah. This, this story caught my attention. Um, it's going to be way more money than I can afford, but I'm going to ask <laughs> Intel if I can review some. Um, Intel today. Oops. Helps fire on one. your screen too. No, it was the right. It was the right screen, the wrong, the wrong but I tab. changed the tab on my screen instead of the big screen. So, um, so Intel today has launched XE, their XE uh, graphics processor. However, it's not in the form factor that most people have been waiting for. However, it is exactly the form factor that I was waiting for. It is a quad GPU made for cloud computing made for cloud rendering and VDI and remote delivery of games and, and virtual desktop environments. Like exactly the crap that I've been trying to do for the last <laughs> year and a couple of months, Intel just released a card and I believe it has SRIOV support baked into it. Uh, where's the, uh, the picture of the, there it is. Yeah, a little down. Yep. Uh, there we go. That is a beautiful, beautiful card, if I do say so myself. Um, part of my brain kind of wants to find out how much it is. Oh, yeah, that would be, I mean, basically just show me your whole video series. Be like, look, mm -hmm. look what I've been doing. I need this. Right. They would probably make me switch off the Epic platform, which I'd be totally fine with if they also provided the platform to do the test on. Um, but the... Uh, uh, this isn't a really strong benchmark, but, but hear me out. A single XG310 card is able to run 60 simultaneous streams of Arena of Valor at 720p 30fps. Now, Arena of Valor is a mobile RPG, multi-online player game. Um, but it's still able to do it. it it's, it's in the graphics a la Torchlight, uh, for example. A lot of people know that game. Um, that's actually still really impressive. Um, and let's cut that down to eight streams of 720p Crisis or... Call of Duty, or, you know, the list goes on of modern titles that you could probably run at 1080 low settings or 72060 uh, with a pretty good return on, on what it is. Um, and we all know that, like the GTX 1080, it's got support for playing four games of, uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 if you cut it down to 720p and you're able to divvy out all of the memory and all of the specs, but the cards aren't designed to do that. This card is designed to do just that. And that makes me really excited. <laughs> yeah, 720, 30 frames per second. Yeah. This would be, uh, 
This would be interesting. Because, yeah, you were testing yours out this weekend. Yes. And it, Successfully, uh, I might yes, add. Yes, I was going to say, successfully. I uh, didn't get to jump in there during that time, but uh, I didn't hear any complaints. So. Yep. No. But how um, how we, uh, So for those who didn't, didn't don't follow me on twitter number one go follow me on twitter at craft computing um i sent out a little teaser that this last weekend me and my mod team got on to my cloud streaming rig and played a five player round of crisis hosted on that rig and rendered on that rig from five different locations so it was technically a land party with proper social distancing <laughs> um, <laughs> um but uh it ran and it ran at 60 FPS and there was some compression artifacting here and there. And there was a little bit of latency, especially for my buddy out in Norway, <laughs> who was also playing <laughs> well, in the game, but well, he got a kill. Yeah. Like, like it wasn't the worst experience ever. Um, but we had, uh, we had people from Norway and, you know, Eastern Canada, Midwest, uh, one, uh, Steve was also on it. Uh, I was gonna he, say, he two, played, two local just, and, and some really yeah, yeah, far two, away. Two local and three very remote. And it was totally playable. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, this Saturday, I'm going to be hosting another LAN party. And I'm going to open it up to the Discord. So if you are a member of the float plane or the Patreon and you want to get on the LAN party, I'm probably going to be doing it for like four or six hours. I haven't quite decided what time frame yet, but sometime in the middle of the day. So a lot of people can take advantage of it. Um, I'm thinking like a 10 to 2 Pacific time kind of thing where I'm going to try to give like 15 or 20 minute trials of jumping into the game and seeing how it is and giving your response to me on what your experience was. Um, and I'll probably be gaming and recording the whole time. I might even stream the dang thing. Uh, cause I think that would be a lot of fun. But, uh, if you want to jump on either the float plane or the Patreon links are down in the description or skull just, uh, popped him into the chat over there. Cause he is a freaking awesome mod. Yep. Um, and yeah, um, yeah, jump on there and, uh, Maybe give the cloud gaming rig a little bit of a test drive. Um, I seem to be limited to six systems at the moment. Uh, I am trying to get that all the way up to 12. Um, but uh, six at the moment. <laughs> six at the moment? That's not too bad, though. You can get six people at a time. Right. 20 minutes might be a little bit long. So maybe if it is just six, maybe cut it down. But 12 mm -hmm. at 20 minutes is pretty good. Uh, that, that's a good couple of rounds, depending on what, what games you do. Right. Um, do you have a list of games you can do? Uh, we've only got a couple of games installed. Um, we did Crisis, and Crisis was pretty good. Um, so I might just stick with Crisis. Um, I tried CSGO. Um, I, I downloaded a copy of CSGO that's supposed to be an offline able copy, but it didn't want to run on, like, three of the six machines for some reason. Um, so... I didn't want to have to have people log in with their Steam accounts and give me credentials and things like that. I wanted it to yeah. just be a open up and double click on the desktop and we go. Um, you know, because I don't want to spend 20 minutes fiddling and five minutes playing. I wanted to do the other, <laughs> you know, uh, the opposite. No, you should, 
Yeah, you no, you should do like a. I wonder if you can if, if there's an old school like actual like classic land party style game. Right. Um. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, if you do, you know, something. Uh, like, well, I mean, uh, the classic land parties for me was like you know Counter Strike, Halo. I was gonna say, well, Halo. I was gonna say even like Half Life Two. Half Life Two would be a good one. Uh, um, but I wanted something that would also kind of push the graphical limits. Um, yeah, in fact, I get it. we had one of our, one of our guys, uh, streaming at 2560 by 1440 at 60 FPS. Hey, there you and, go. That's easily playable. Right. Age of Empires land. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the Persians. I gotta get my trebuchets and my elephants. Quake 2. The Tetons. You can do some classic, classic StarCraft. I'm sure Jeff will probably kill everyone. As he claims to be the master of StarCraft. Sorry, I just had to do my disc part script <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> Uh, UT 2004, that could be a fun one. Uh, Quake 3. But but again, those are like... I could render 30 of those on the graphics cards, but I can't split the graphics cards that many times because of how I'm doing the GPUs right now. Yeah. I would eventually like to get to that point. I'd love to host like a 24-player you know, Quake 3 LAN. I think that would be incredible. That would be so much fun. I have enough cores and threads. We could do 24 players or maybe 16 at the at the least, you know. Because that, that would be a lot of fun. That's a Patreon perk right there. Right. You know, to be able to have something like a once a week uh, Patreon gaming arena area for some classic games or something like that. Right. Uh, no, that'd be and great. then, yeah, that'd be really fun. And then, you know, or uh, other day of the week, you do a bit more of a modern one with, you know, maybe a little bit less people. But yeah, still yeah. be really fun. Oh, all right. Uh, how's your beer doing, John? Uh, it's all right. It's probably a lot lower than yours. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm like down to here. Mm -hmm. But again, mine's, mine's four and a half percent. Mine's not. Yes. And you're about to fill right back up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's as if I haven't had any at all. <laughs> Although I will say, mine is still very nice and cold in here. <laughs> yeah. So people are starting to suggest like StarCraft and, and uh, Red Alert 2. Do you realize we could do that in a virtual machine without GPU acceleration? Oh yeah, those are, we don't need, you don't need anything. Like I could probably set up in theory a 64 player StarCraft LAN. Now StarCraft only supports eight players, so but I could host an entire StarCraft tournament on my LAN because I guarantee you one thread with software acceleration is more than enough to handle StarCraft. At 640 by 480, 3D-ish sprites. See, see, now you're it just- It required a Pentium 90. Do you realize what that is? But do you <laughs> Have any of you how, even heard of that? How cool of a service, how cool of a perk of Patreon level or, or um, float plane level would be to have access to that, you know, if you made that like say second tier, right? 
uh, being like, hey, okay, second tier, you unlock the arcade room, the holodeck, literally, even though we already have that, but, right. you know, um, what was the, the game episode called? Wasn't it just called The Game? I think it was called, but do you remember the name of the game? Uh, I don't think it had a name. Ah, okay. I was like, man, if it did have a name. Yeah, it was called The Game. The Game, okay. Uh, 106th episode of the American science fiction television series, Star Trek The Next Generation, (laughs) the sixth episode of the fifth season. Uh, Riker returns from Risa, strangely enough. Uh, And quickly turns the Enterprise true into a mind-controlled pawn of the Katarians. Oh, we can just call them the Hollow Suites. Yeah, there you go. We call it the Hollow Suite area. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no filters to change. Yeah. Yeah, you call it the Hollow Suite channel, and it's like level tier access too. <laughs> A bunch of people pissed off because we said the game, and now they lost. <laughs> Second time this week that that an episode made me lose the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, Linus was the first defender, wasn't he? Is YouTube back up? You're chatting in YouTube, I'm assuming so. The one where Wesley saves everyone. Yeah, strangely enough, the teenager was the one who wasn't, you know, drawn into the yeah, game's hypnotic okay. state. Well, he had he had a girl in front of him as well. He was like, oh, I see a girl. All, All right. right, I'm going to go to that. The one thing that can get a guy away from a game, a girl. Girls. <laughs> Cute girl. Oh, look at that. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, let's get into the the bomb of the week, shall we? Um, and that is yeah. the release of Apple's own silicon into something other than an iPad or iPhone. <laughs> their own stuff. That's right. Apple has officially made their own CPU for both desktops and laptops now, with some fairly bold claims. Uh so we'll start with just the the quick rundown. Um, so on Tuesday, yesterday at 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, Apple unveiled the Apple Silicon M1. Uh, it is a five nanometer chip with 16 billion transistors on board, as well as pretty much everything Apple has been packing into a lot of their desktops as far as custom chips over the last couple of years. Uh, T2, machine learning, neural engine, uh, Thunderbolt 4, uh, graphics from their, their mobile chips, and uh, a brand new 8-core CPU. Now, this is not a traditional 8-core CPU. This is uh, an ARM-based processor with four high-power cores and four efficient cores or low-power cores. Um, so it's using the ARM big little kind of architecture, but Apple is really making this their own, that they have designed this chip from the ground up um, using ARM licensure. Yeah. So it, it, it does, it, it is based on ARM. It will run everything that ARM processors will, but they can add their own custom silicon to it and actually take silicon away if they don't feel it will uh, benefit their system. Um, so this is using essentially 100% custom Apple design. Um, 
The first device they introduced was the MacBook Air. It is a 13-inch MacBook that is uh, supposedly 98% faster than PC laptops sold in the previous year uh, in the same class. We don't know what that means. That's very <laughs> ambiguous. <laughs> That's Apple saying, oh, it's really good. Trust us. Uh, we'll right. see. Um, they didn't say what tasks it's faster then they didn't say how they tested it they didn't say anything like that um although i have it on good authority it actually might not be that abstract of a claim that performance per watt they're kind of the new leaders uh we'll get into that very shortly but uh they're claiming up to 16 hours of battery life out of this thing for web browsing, they're claiming. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, for for web browsing, media consumption, etc. Um, they didn't really list the specs for running the high end cores, you know, or video encode or games or anything like that. But I got to tell you, that's better than the 12 inch MacBook that I have now, which boasts a 10 hour battery life, um, and that's with like 50 percent brightness and nothing else running. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, good day. I usually get about six hours, but I've been looking for something that can cross, you know, the 10 hour barrier. Um, the this full may work just day plus a little extra. Right. Full work day plus a couple hours at home, you know, check an email or whatever. Um, this may just do it. Um, and starting price of $9.99. And actually for the specs that you get is not all that unreasonable. No, honestly, uh, if, if the, yeah, the statements are true, if it is that faster and, and does last that long, you can do a lot of things. That's a thousand dollars. That's, that is ballpark. That's right where you're expecting. This is the only laptop that gets that much battery life. That isn't like this thick. Um, yeah. It's completely fanless. Uh, it's got a seven core GPU built in. Uh, if you get the base model, it also comes with an eight core GPU. If you get the, the step up, the 1250 model, uh, but the base model comes with half a terabyte of storage and eight gigs around. Honestly, for a mobile system, that's not that terrible. And a hundred bucks more gets you an extra 16, gets you 16 gigs. Now, all of these systems do top out at 16 gigabytes. And that is likely a limitation of the ARM memory controller that they're using. Uh, they may eventually develop their own memory controller or go a different direction, but uh, 16 gigs seems to be the plateau for for memory. But again, for most mobile work, that's really not a terrible amount of memory to work with. And and I think eight gigs is standard for a thousand bucks. Yeah, you can get a PC with 16 gigs for for less money. Don't yeah. don't run into this don't, argument with no, me. No, well, yeah, this is the, this is a portable thing though too. That, right. That's the the point of it. Right. Bandless, portable, thin, last forever or last a really long time. Totally different environment right. than a desktop. But uh, I do wonder, though, for like this, especially their their kind of display, the image they picked of video editing uh, and kind of saying that, oh, it's going to be this great. I don't know, because Apple just known for it. I don't know if video editing would be the greatest on something like that. I think it would probably be fine for, like, say, something I do. What they've probably said. Probably something like you do. What they've said, actually, is actually kind of impressive. And in... I was already fairly interested in this laptop. Again, I, I run a 12-inch MacBook. I've loved that machine. It has its limitations. As long as you know what they are and you can work around them, you're just fine. I'm not going to edit video 
on my laptop, even though it does have an i7, it's the seven watt i7. It's not exactly powerful. It's dual core yeah. four thread with eight gigs of RAM, but it serves 85% of my mobile needs. And jumping up to something larger, all of a sudden I'm four times heavier because this laptop only weighs about a pound. Um, I still have 500 gigs of storage in it. It's it terminals to switches, it remote desktops to servers, it remotes into my game gaming machine so I can play games when I'm on the road. What more could I ask for in a laptop? Well, video editing chops. Uh, they're claiming that the MacBook, or that the MacBook Air running their yeah, custom yeah. silicon can uh, decode and, and scrub timelines with multiple ProRes 4K streams. Really? Right. Now, they didn't say anything about H.264, which is what most people in the consumer range will be shooting with. Um, I shoot all my footage in ProRes already. That made me raise an eyebrow to go, is that the laptop that I take to CES now? Yeah. Because that, that would do everything you would need theoretically for something really quick run and gun. Right. I probably wouldn't shoot like one of your big videos, but yeah quick run and gun video, that's right. fine. Yeah, a CES video where there's minimal B-roll and and basically just like one video that you're cutting into into little parts. Into multiple spots, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. Um, so yeah, I, I'm on the fence. I, I am heavily considering buying one. Now, I, I said at CES this last year that my next laptop was gonna be the Zephyrus G14. And I still kind of stand by that point unless when I get third-party benchmarks in a lot of different software and when Adobe finally comes out with, with Premiere for any universal application. Um, because that's the other crux of this is remember, it's running ARM, which means you either have to translate from x86 or you have to run a universal application or something that's been natively compiled for ARM. Um, Premiere is is a little ways out. They said, uh, we'll have, uh, gosh, what was the, Lightroom. We'll have Lightroom ready to go day one. Nothing else for Adobe though. Uh, <laughs> so it's gonna be like midway into 2021 before they get the heavy hitter Premiere or the heavy hitter creative apps going, you know, your Photoshop and your Photoshop. Premiere. Yeah. Um, and no offense to you Final Cut guys. I'm just a Premiere guy. It's what I use. I love it and I hate it. Um, but it's what I'm comfortable in. I really want to try Final Cut. I really do. It looks like it looks like it has some really neat features, um, but it's so hard. I mm -hmm. I'm so used to Premiere, and I know Premiere can do so many cool things, but it's complicated too. Mm -hmm. um, who was it that um, Andy um, Epos Vox Epos Vox loves? Um, Oh God! What, what is it? Not Premiere. The other one that we were just talking about. Oh, uh, Da Vinci. Resolve. Da Vinci. He loved Da Vinci. That was another one I wanted to try yeah. too. Um, he makes that look like it's like the greatest thing in the world. Da Vinci has a lot of perks. Um, so I pay the fifty dollars a month for the the Adobe Creative Cloud. I'm I, I know you do as well um, to to have access to Premiere and Photoshop and a couple of other things that yeah. we use. Um, da Vinci Resolve. I love the idea of it. I love that it takes advantage of GPUs no matter what GPU you have. Um, it is more designed for the high-end codecs and you really can't do anything with H.264 on the free version. You have to have the $300 Pro license. Mm. Um, 
And as I was pretty much only editing H.264 until, you know, I bought my Z cam about a year ago, um, it was always a no-go because it's like, I don't want to trial a $300 program and then not yeah. like it and just go back to paying, you know, sucking on the Adobe teat even more than I already do. But at the same time, I hate giving Adobe what is not an inconsiderable amount of money every year. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I know. It just, yeah. Because DaVinci looked like it had a lot more quick, easy features and mm -hmm. where Adobe, you know, yeah, you can go download some free stuff, but it just becomes a little complicated and you almost need like a degree in Adobe to like, or a Premiere. And then uh, what's the, uh, not Illustrator, uh, what's the After Effects? After Effects. After Effects, yeah. You know, to really get the two, the best of both worlds. Right. And it's like, it's just so much. Uh, you got a $5 chat. Nope. By Didn't see it. Yeah. Linux installed. Uh, after picking up a, a G14, I couldn't get behind the cheaper material. But I feel sadly, it seems to have a great performance, though. So that's Linux installed $5. Thank you very much. Um, I did check out the G14, and it was, for the money, it was about what I was expecting for the performance that you got out of it. Because what they did with the G14 was they crammed a 4800 or 4900H into a very slim 14-inch chassis that ran fairly quiet, even under under pretty good loads. They had a pretty good thermal solution on it with an RTX 2060 mated to it. And they also offered the option of a 1440p screen it at 14-inch. And man... That ticked like all of the boxes that I was looking for in a mobile video video editing rig because I don't like carrying desktop replacements with me. I want as thin and as light as possible when I'm when I'm mobile because I've also got to haul a camera. I've also got to haul you know tripod and gear and everything else. The difference between a, a four and a half pound laptop and a two pound laptop when you're talking a twenty pound bag, it actually makes a difference. <laughs> <coughs> Especially when you start talking, oh, I've also got a load of, you know, 300 watt power brick along with me versus the 90 watt brick that comes with the G14. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of pros to that kind of design. And uh, while, yeah, it wasn't built like a, a MacBook Pro or, you know, a Lenovo ThinkPad or anything like that, I thought it was still adequate when I was checking it out. Such a same CES is virtual this year. I live in Vegas and go every year. Yeah, FU 2020, I fully agree. Uh, <laughs> we were actually chatting about that on Twitter this year, um, that a lot of us in the tech media, as much as people complain about CES, holy crap, we freaking love CES. Uh, at least I do. Um, and I know a couple other people do too. Um, there, There's some larger channels out there that always complain about having to go, oh, I have to go to CES because I have to cover this thing. It's always a pain in the ass. Blah, blah, blah. But... For me, I get to spend seven days in Vegas. Like, who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, I work 12 hours during the day, but there's still 12 hours at night. Vegas, <laughs> baby. <laughs> right. Um, was it Hops and Brews' turn for CES? It was Hops and Brews' it turn was. for CES. We were finally going to make that happen. but Yeah. Sorry, John, you're back at the back of the rotation. I know. <laughs> Just like we do for, for for talking heads. If you miss a week, you don't get to make up the next week. You got to wait in line for the next. whoop de doo I get to go virtually this year. Yeah. <laughs> FU no, 2020, I, my new motto. 
It's yeah. been my motto all year. It's been, yeah, since about March. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no! I said they. We all need to have those. They they should still have the booths, but they all need to give access to those uh, robots, the the scooters with the <laughs> iPads on them. Yes, that's what they need to do, and just have those roaming around all of CES. Uh, Sistrum, uh, $5. Thank you. Uh, I'm ha- still happy with my Acer Nitro A2 AMD. Uh, I know it's, or all AMD, excuse me. Uh, I know it's an older 2018, uh, bus- best $500 ever. Runs Pop! OS with Resolve and KDE Live. That's awesome. Um, no, the, uh, the Acer Nitro, uh, I believe was another 2500U, 2700U. Uh, type SKU where it had Vega graphics on board and and an early Ryzen processor because uh, that's exactly when I bought my Dell uh, Inspiron 13. Um, I rocked that for the last two years and because uh, I, I wanted a PC with some form of high graphics processor uh, to be able to take to CES and so that's what I rocked for two years. Um, I still have the MacBook and that's what I carried with me every day. The Dell just kind of sat on the shelf most of the time or we used it at in talking heads until I got wise and just gave the uh, host a second monitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> you guys are terrible at multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, uh, but yeah, the, those early Ryzen chips, man, they are still good. Um, you know, the, the 2500U, 2700U, those were great, great chips especially compared to what Intel was coming out at the time, because, you know, you were only getting four cores, eight threads in like the 8808G and, and stuff like that. Um, you know, they weren't giving up their best stuff until, again, Ryzen made them competitive. So, or made them need to be competitive. Made them, yeah. Are small 3080s a thing? Um, I believe Zotac may have a 3080 mini, but just like all 3080s, good luck finding one. Yeah, you might want to wait till those uh, 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 AMD one comes out. See what see what happens with those. Mm-hmm. And those are going to be next week, isn't it? Uh, nineteen. Yes, next week. Yeah, yeah, next week. So that'll be uh, uh, no. Fun it's episode. Uh, thought it was the seventeenth. Trying to remember when when that one lifts. I don't remember. I I don't think it's until like. I think it's two weeks. I think it's Thanksgiving week that reviews go live. I could be mistaken, but I think it's Thanksgiving week. So I think we still got two weeks before we see. Uh, okay. Benchmarks. You know, 10, 10 days, 12 days, something like that. <coughs> Better chance of winning the lottery than getting a 3000 series card. I think the odds are slightly in favor of getting a 3000 series card, but you're in the same ballpark. How's that? Um... Just like a 5,000 series Ryzen chip and probably just like the 6,000 series GPUs. This has not been a good year for launches. Um, I've been trying to figure out why. Why companies are struggling to launch this year. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with a lot of shipping restrictions, a lot of, you know, health needs of everyone. And that's fine. But the problem is they're still hyping up these products for launch day demand. And I've never seen one of these products in stock. 5,000 series chip, 3,000 series GPU. I've not seen one once. And I've been looking because 
I, again, I'm, I'm in that middle ground of YouTubers where I'm starting to be recognizable, but I'm also not big enough to get every launch sample yet. Yeah, so, so the 18th actually. Next 18th. week, exactly. Okay. okay. So the 600 series or 6,000 series, 680, I should say. Okay. 680 series comes out, goes on sale the 18th. So I would assume embargo is 17th, 18th, something like that. The day before, day out, day of. Uh, Bird, I hear AMD has driver issues way too much. Then you only listen to one side because yeah. everyone has driver issues, especially at launch. NVIDIA's no different. Intel's no different when they launch a new platform. Although they did haven't you, launched a new platform since 2014, so. Did you not, yeah, did you not <laughs> see the 30 series? They had tons of driver issues at launch. Yeah. Remember the whole capacitor issue, capacitor yeah. gate? Those were drivers. <laughs> Their drivers sucked for two weeks. Yeah. Um, everyone has bad drivers from now and again. Everyone has good drivers from now and again. Uh, Ryzen had performance issues out of the gate because software and scheduling didn't know how to deal with eight cores and 16 threads on most consumer applications. Remember that? <laughs> well, it's really fast if you run Cinebench, but for gaming, it's going to suck. Well, then maybe try to use more than two cores, four threads, GTA. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go grab my second beer since you're already still have one. Awesome. I'm still good. Uh, yeah. Um, a lot of demand too. Yeah. A lot of demand for these products. And part of the problem is we're hitting like this perfect storm of unavailability, I think, is because there hasn't been a good reason to upgrade a GPU since Pascal launched. NVIDIA has given us no reason since the 10 series. The, the 20 series and by extension, the 16 series, all of Turing was kind of, I don't want to say a farce outright, but you got the exact same performance with RTX tacked on that wasn't ready for prime time for the same price to performance you were already paying for Turing. Or you were already paying for Pascal. So the 20 series, if you already had Pascal, unless you were chasing the 2080 Ti over a 1080 Ti, which is still stupid, um, you weren't getting a performance bump. You couldn't buy a 1080 for $500 and then buy a 2070 for $500 and expect any more performance. It was the exact same. Um, so, ATI Radeon drivers were especially bad. What year is it? ATI bought, or ATI was bought by AMD, I think in 2007? Like, have they, I don't know. People get off this this driver hate train. Good Lord, it doesn't exist. And when it does exist, it's it's other issues entirely. And Or when it doesn't exist, it's other issues entirely. Right, because capacitors were such a big problem with the MLCCs and POS caps and everything else that people were going off about, about the, uh, the back of the GPUs. We got to check the back of the GPUs now, or could it just be a driver? Love my Titan XP. Yes, I love the Titan XP. That is a fantastic card. Uh, is your beer hitting you yet? Sounds like a sneaky one. Um, I'm definitely feeling it. How's that? Um, Jeff, another SFF build on the channel anytime soon? Yes, actually. I have a budget small form factor build in the works. Right, I put those words together. Um, but uh, yeah, if you had a 970... Yeah, 1070 or 1080 made a lot of sense for you. If you had a if you had a 1070, there was no reason to go with a Turing card. 
There was no reason at all. And suddenly, you know, five or six years after Turing launches, we finally have some cards that are worth upgrading to. Problems, John? What are you thinking? This is just an interesting beer. So it's a McMinniman's beer. It's called Tropic Heat. Interesting. It is a uh, guava habanero coconut sour. Yep. Those are four words. You're right. <laughs> Did you mean to yeah. say them all in one sentence? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, that's the way they typed it. <laughs> so, I love the description, though. The tropics uh, brewed in the tropics of Troutdale. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... um interesting yeah it's it's sour and guava and then there's this heat no coconut and then the heat lingers yeah it's not like a bad heat it, it's very mild but it still lingers like you know like a pepper that's uh, that's usually how those habanero beers hit you though is is either it's right up front and it burns your tongue and you're like no i'm out yeah. or you take a drink and you're like oh that's a really good coconut sour or oh, i kind of taste the guava what is that yeah that, that's that's what they're like <laughs> There's something at the back. Like you're halfway through your review explaining what the beer tastes like, and then you're like, "Wait, my mouth is hot all of a sudden." Yeah, no, it's like, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's like it's not even my mouth. It's like it's like throat. here, yeah, yeah right there. It's like, why why is this tingling right now? <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah, it's a it's interesting. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. Anyway, that's all to say. There hasn't been a compelling reason to upgrade your graphics card for probably about four years. And this is a lot of pent-up want for more performance out of a lot of people that if you had Turing, there was no reason to jump. If you had Maxwell, maybe, you know. But I've been trying to find people upgrades from like the RX 580 and the GTX 1660. And I'm like, you got to spend $400 or more to make it worth it to you. Because you spent, if you bought a an RX 580 or a GTX 1660 6 gig, brand new, you spent $270. If you spent $220 today, you're getting the same performance because there's no next gen card in that price tier. It doesn't exist. The RX uh, 5500 XT, I reviewed that card. Guess what? It traded blows with an RX 550. Now it won more often than not, but not by a landslide. Um, and the RX 580 actually jumped up and won a couple of those. Same with the 1660 sitting there at, you know, $220. The 1660 Super is a little bit better value, but all of a sudden you're back into the $270 range. If you want a true upgrade, you're looking 320 to 350. You're going, you know, entry level RX 5700, 5600 XT. Um, you're, you're looking, you know, RTX 2060 Super it's not the same tier anymore. And that's frustrating. Now, hopefully some next-gen graphics cards, you know, a uh, 3050 Ti maybe, maybe that will finally bring a compelling upgrade to the budget class. But that that whole pent-up upgrade need and need to build new systems, that's been brewing for four years. And that's a big reason why AMD 5000 series is instantly out of stock anywhere it gets because Intel hasn't brought us a new compelling chip for the last five years. Uh, it's a reason why 3000 series is out of stock because 
NVIDIA hasn't brought us a new compelling chip for four years. It's a big reason why I predict the 6000 series GPUs are going to be out of stock is because AMD hasn't brought us a brand new compelling chip for quite a long time. The 5700 was great. 5700 XT was was a pretty darn good card um, at the you know 399 price point, but it still didn't blow us out of the water. It was still GTX 1080 level performance. Am I using my new streaming PC build uh, for the stream tonight, Craft Computing? I am. I am on my uh, my 10850K uh, in the Meshify 2. So $5 from Novella Hub. Thank you. And half the beer in my fridge from Novella Hub. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I went from an R9 290X to a 5700 XT because I wanted to get into VR. And see, that's a pretty pretty reasonable upgrade path. Uh, the 290X was at this point three generations old. Um, and uh, quite honestly, the, the 290X was about the same performance as the 390 was about the same performance as an RX 580. It just drew a little bit more power. And so... <laughs> where was your upgrade path there? Going to the 5700 XT makes a lot of sense because you're in the same price bracket getting double performance. Uh, <laughs> shots, we are not bite my bits. Thank you, John. <laughs> no problem. No, we are not bite my bits. I don't get <laughs> smashed every stream. Uh, not that I'm not drinking a 12.5% right now. <laughs> Although I, I don't know the last time he actually did that because I think he just did it that one time and he regretted it. He so regretted bad. it really, really hard. Yeah. I know. And then everyone keeps like, I will pay you 50 bucks. He's like, not worth it. <laughs> yeah, no, nope. Uh, let's see. MacBook Pro versus MacBook Air. Um, yeah, we... That's right. We kind of well, got sidetracked from the Apple yeah, discussion. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we? We, you, you, never, you never finish because they got uh, How did we two. get from MacBook Air, I own a MacBook, to I bought a Dell, to... Drivers. It was drivers. drivers. It's all thanks to drivers. Yeah, good Lord. <laughs> um, anyway, they also introduced a Mac Mini with, surprise, the same exact hardware inside and a lot of empty space inside that chassis, which probably could have been used for more powerful hardware, but they decided not to. So instead, you get an iPad with no screen. Uh... <laughs> Uh, you and, forgot the Mac Pro. And the MacBook Pro. That's right. Uh, the MacBook Pro is, again, the same exact hardware. The 8-core big little design with the same 8 GPUs, or 8-core GPUs. Um, and uh, that one will start at, what was it, $1299 or $1250? $1299. And then go, the upgrade uh, is $1499. Right. Yeah. Uh, that gets you 512 storage and... Uh, and 16 gigs of RAM. Um, so again, pretty reasonable specs for the price point, assuming it lives up to the benchmarks. Will it live up to the benchmarks? Well, that is a fantastic question, isn't it? Um, I had open earlier. I'm gonna open it again. So Dr. Ian Cutris of Nantech actually uh, has some benchmarks of the new systems. And I'm gonna throw that up on screen right now. John has not seen these. I have not. Right. I was, uh, I have no idea what you're doing. Um, so these are actually some uh, benchmarks from Apple versus relevant competition, okay? Now, let me open the actual article here. There we go. 
There we go. Oh, I look like better. Okay. Uh, so this is on spec uh, 2006, which is an industry standard benchmark. It can be ran on pretty much any OS, any software, any hardware combination you want, um, as long as you have the drivers to run whatever hardware you have. Um, so the overall spec of these parts is actually kind of lining up right where Apple said they would. Um, so... Uh, I know I was bouncing back and forth between the article and uh, and whatnot here, but uh, this is the chart that is the most important chart. So over here, you can see the A9, uh, and Apple's been making their own silicon for the iPhone since the A4. Uh, so the A4, A5, A6, A7, A9, which was introduced with, uh, I believe, the first iPad Pro, if my memory serves correctly. They've got the A10, the A11, the A12, the A13, and the A14 that is in the current iPad Pro. The M1 should be faster than this, even, um, in the spec uh, stats, which means, like, that's a pretty linear chart. It's it's not exponential, but that's a very linear very, chart for uh, CPU yeah. growth, right? So let's pretend the M1 slots in right about here. Let's look at the competing spec benchmarks of a lot of different processors, shall we? Uh, so the 5950X 16 core AMD chip gets a 68.5. The 5600X gets a 66.2. The, the Apple A14, which is their previous generation iPad Pro uh, CPU, gets a 63.3. And then we go down from there. Um, now, I don't know if this is single-threaded performance or multi-threaded performance. It's probably a combination of both. But the fact that AMD is, or that Apple is even in this conversation tells me a lot of their benchmark numbers that they were touting in their media day yesterday are likely not that far off. Are there going to be some things that it doesn't do as well as an Intel chip? Sure. The ARM architecture doesn't have the same instructions. It's not written the same way. It's not designed the same way. It is a 100% completely different architecture. Are there going to well, be something- that four heavy, four, four soft load. Right. Um, are there going to be some things it does better? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, if you, if you look at your old, that chart too, if you because they have the A13 on there and there's actually a 10 point jump between two generations. Right. If And when you go with the other chart, it is very linear. Right. You can expect probably around possibly theoretically, you know, Eight, if they're 10, going that way. 11 points. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I mean, there's some heavy chips on this. There's the 10900K scoring the 58.6. There's the the top end uh, 1185 G7, which is uh, an 11th gen Intel mobile chip. There's the 3950X 16 core from AMD scores a 50.1. We could be looking at a 70 from Apple, yeah. very realistically on the M1 8 core. Um, and for those who go, well, that's just a number. That's like running Cinebench. Cinebench is a pretty well-respected benchmark for general CPU performance. It generally gives you probably 85 to 90% of the story that you're looking for in a very easy to run benchmark. Spec does the exact same thing. And in fact, Spec runs it through a lot of the uh, it's not like spec view perf or, or you know 
things like that, where it runs through like a slew of industry standard tests. This is their own standardized test that they came up with that still uses the same instructions that a lot of other you know professional applications do. So AVX instructions, uh, encoding for video, decode of H.264, this, that, you know, uh, it, it runs through a lot of different things. And those numbers don't lie. Those chips are competitive. They're not just competitive, they may outright beat what's out there right now. And that's kind of crazy. If what this is Apple's say? first chip. Yeah, when did we say this was coming out? Uh, next Wednesday, next Tuesday, at a starting Ooh. price of $999 for the MacBook Air or $699 if you want a Mac Mini. I'm betting, I'm betting uh, next week's Talking Heads might be pretty interesting. It may be pretty interesting once we actually have devices in hands for more than just a couple of people. Um, and and by the way, I trust Ian Fetris 100% on his numbers that he has. And by the way, he also has a budding YouTube channel. Go check out check out Tech Tech Potato on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, he's which, interesting. Which is totally an inside joke and fantastic. But uh, but no, he's actually got a fantastic YouTube channel on on the rise. I think he's at like 11,000 subscribers right now. But uh, man, the knowledge and experience that he brings to the tech industry is welcome in the YouTube space. So go give him a subscribe. And Skull's already on it. Yep. <laughs> of course he is, because Skull is freaking awesome. He probably started looking it up the instant I said Ian Cutrus. Yeah. All right. Uh... We have a little bit of beer news and possibly something else. Uh, we want to get into that, or we want to do a little more ranting. No, oh, we could do. We could jump into some beer news. Okay. Uh, there is. What is your opinion on alcoholic-free beer, Jeff? Um. <laughs> you know, I've I've gone both ways with it. I've I've. Uh, hated the idea of trying to imitate the flavors that are present in a lot of alcoholic beverages because they can't be replicated. There there are things you cannot do with a non-alcoholic beer that you can do once it's gone through the fermentation process. Yeah. Um, it's just, that's just simple chemistry. Um, there are flavors you cannot replicate. However, there are some non-alcoholic beers that I really enjoy. There's the what is the the Clauston, the the German non-alcoholic IPAs, the, yeah. the hopped, you know, hopped water the, essentially. Yeah, the hop, yeah. Those They're, are yeah. fantastic. I love those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lagunitas came out with like a, a hop seltzer, and I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Um, and now someone who came out with their own recent um, non-alcoholic beer because they seem to be even skyrocketing just like the hard seltzers mm -hmm. uh, trying to go for more of that healthy lifestyle is, well, Guinness. Guinness tried releasing a Guinness, and I use the word try, a Guinness non-alcoholic Guinness. I believe it's non-alcoholic. Well, you can't get it because it got recalled. <laughs> it got recalled after two weeks. Um but luckily this is actually a pretty small recall it's only in the uk right now because right now that's only where it was distributed uh uk great britain and parts of ireland northern ireland so but the 
Uh, reason basically there's uh, someone some somehow a contaminant, a precautionary microbiological contamination got in to the beer, which technically could make it unsafe and you know have some sort of weird effect. Right. Kind of sounds like someone didn't like wash their hands, right? You know, or sneezed sneezed in the beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, so if if you were looking for a nitro, I was I didn't know if this was a nitro stout. It kind of looks nitro the way they're pouring it, and I've seen descriptions of it. But a nitro non-alcoholic Guinness sounded kind of appealing to me. It did. Uh, it, it did. Um, you know, if you can get a little bit of that coffee flavor in there, if you can get just that nice smooth creamy, you know, nitro flavor. Right. That's, that's like, okay. It's like a cold beer chocolate. Yeah, because Guinness already is only four and a half percent, so it doesn't really have that big alcohol flavor to it. So that, like, the one thing you were saying is, yeah, you kind of want to if you're going for like a, a beer or an IPA and you get this, you know, non-alcoholic, you're like, there's something missing here. Guinness is usually pretty light already, and the fact that they're using nitro can add that already creaminess flavor, which might be able to help disguise that off-putting flavor. Right. So I think we're going to I if I'm recall this is going to be uh eventually nationwide. Um so we'll hopefully be seeing it soon. I will actually I'd love to get my hands on one of these and, and try it out. But looks like for now you might want to wait a couple months. Yeah. I was going to I don't know. I really actually want <laughs> I wouldn't one of buy these from, like, from 7-Eleven right now. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to. I was like should I go out and look for one today? Should I? Should I? Cuz this just got released today. Right. Uh so um yeah. Uh, something else is, um, you know, my love of pickles. It's fantastic. Although we also have a love for this particular show, and that is Rick and Morty. There yes. is a actual now. Um, well, is this one official? It is official. Is this one official? It is official. Okay. Uh, you can buy packs of it. There is an official pickle rick miracle seltzer coming out yes it is a pickle juice seltzer it is not a hard seltzer it is just a pickle juiced seltzer sorry sorry uh i'm gonna give credit where credit is due matthew in the chat just said uh alcohol free guinness is just a disappointing milkshake (laughs) (laughs) oh that's anyway pickle rick miracle seltzer Pickle Rick, yeah. Pickle so, Rick, Pickle Rick. That, that's a season five seltzer. episode. <laughs> I'm in Pickle oh. Rick. <laughs> so I believe this is going to be. Um, uh, it was br- made for the Adult Swim Festival. Yeah, and then it is going to be sold there for twelve packs at twenty four dollars. So essentially two dollars uh, for seltzer pickle juice um obviously a purely novelty thing i'm sure you can go online and pick one up for probably four to five dollars after the fact um honestly if i can get my hand on it i probably will still drink it just to try it and sorry i missed a super chat a minute ago uh uh sistrum uh five dollars thank you again so much Uh, all i can say is i come for the tech and stay for the beer advice here you go that's the only reason John's on the show. It's the only reason I'm here. Shortest not for the tech. <laughs> last five minutes. That's all I'm here for. 
<laughs> it's just so Jeff can finish his beer. That's right. He can fill the <laughs> gaps in between me taking drinks is, is what it yep, is. That's basically all I'm here for. I don't have that uh, photographic memory. Jeff can like look at numbers and like 10 years from now still spit out the numbers and what was behind them too. Sorry. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? I still say there was nothing funnier than watching uh, Rhett in a hotel room try to spit out numbers from the RTX 2080 launch (laughs) (laughs) after watching the press conference. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Screw you, Novella Hub. Call it John at Nickelback. (laughs) 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 That's pretty funny. You know, that is one I have not heard before, so that was pretty good. That's a, yeah, that's, a, that's <laughs> one I haven't heard before either. That, that's pretty good. That's a good one. Chad Kroger, everyone. <laughs> uh, hey, it's the reason you're married. That is true, so <laughs> whatever. It got me something. That's right. Are you Chad Kroger? For you, baby, I could For be. You, I could be. <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> hey, what do you think we do at night? Wait, is it 10 o'clock? <laughs> it's not 10 o'clock yet. Oh, okay. Sorry for the after show, people. John, we're still in the main show. <laughs> oh, cut the feed. Uh, all right, where were we? Uh, there was one more small bit of news um, because there was, uh, and, and this isn't really more, I guess, news. I guess it was more. I thought of it more of an early adopter. Early adopters beware. And it could PS, be. It could potentially it could be. be. It could be. And it to me, it came off as something similar to the Xbox 360 uh, when it first came out, the Red Ring of Death, um, to where the PS5 console. One YouTube reviewer has stated that he is having a storage issue, which is causing it to die completely. Yep. Yeah. uh, So YouTuber ACG says his PS5 review unit has unexpectedly and completely broken due to a storage glitch. Um, So essentially it's turned his PlayStation into a brick. Uh, There's not a ton of detail on what he thinks it is. Um, in fact, I even watched a little bit of it and I couldn't decipher quite what he said the glitch was, um, if he was able to replicate it or what. But um, yeah, uh, there may be a problem with PlayStations. Yeah. Who knows? So, who knows? Uh, um, now, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this story out there as completely unverified and, mm-hmm. and unproven. Uh, the fact that an early review model dies is actually not that unheard of, um, especially if it's a pre-production unit. It, you know, I've received pre-production units before, and I've gone on to use them for some time, and then they've died unexpectedly. It happens. Um, but the fact that one hit a reviewer's desk and a week later is dead, be on the lookout. Ju- See if yeah, this replicates itself launch. a couple of times in the next couple of weeks. You know. Yeah. So you might. Yeah, might be on the work- lookout. Um, the fact also too that because uh, PlayStation Fives will not be available in stores, they are online only sales. Right. 
um, it's going to be a bit more difficult. I also found it kind of funny, and I don't believe this one is true, but there was a video circling around of a Xbox. Um, you know what that was? Do you know what, what was that it? was? That was people vaping into the bottom of the Xbox, and it shoots smoke up the top. Oh, okay, okay. Because <laughs> I, I sit there and like... Xboxes like, are catching fire! Oh my yeah. god, it's billowing smoke! It's like, I know what that cloud is. Yeah, okay. That's like not said, an electrical I, I, fire. That's I, vape I, smoke. Like I said, I was pretty sure it wasn't true. Right. Um, but still, I would have like, if it is, that's so interesting. So, but yeah, so just be on the lookout. Um... If you don't mind waiting, if you want to be one of those early adopters, and this is, yeah, there it is. Yeah. Electrical <laughs> smoke is rarely white. <laughs> <laughs> or that plentiful. How's that? Can't believe we have to say this, but please do not blow vape smoke into your Xbox Series X. Official Twitter <laughs> response from Xbox. Bueno, chavales, a ver, está surgiendo por la red un so I'm going to mute it. By the way, in the very beginning, he's holding a vape pen. When it's on, it doesn't do this right away. Oh, no. Oh, ah! Where does vape pen go? Oh, my God. Yeah. Ah! yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he put the vape pen like on on right next to an exhaust fan or something. Right. No, that's, you can see him blowing it in right there. Yeah. And people saw this image and they're like, oh my God, the Xbox is smoking. Well, yeah, because yeah, they cut they cut it to just that quick of a video right there right. and they edited it all out. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is what's going on. Um, um, yeah. yeah. No, I was pretty sure it was fake, but still. Um, but yeah, so P you are... By the way, uh, PSA, put down the vape pen and pick up a controller, a whole new generation. <laughs> So yeah, early adopters, just beware. Yep. That that that's pretty much all we got. We're done here. We got about oh, 30 minutes or so. If if anyone has anything in chat they would like to talk about, um, otherwise we might be forced to talk about Star Trek. Right. Like if you guys don't come up with a topic in the next four minutes, it's gonna be Star Trek. Yep. <laughs> or something Star Trek related. Bing, Bing rips. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wonder if they could get like different shapes to come out. This is delicious program. and I want another one. This, not so much. It, it's like starting to affect right here. You know, like that, that peppery burn. And... Uh, and I know you're not a super hot sauce guy. Like, I like a good hot sauce. I don't like heat. Heat for I the like sake the, of heat, right. Yes, exactly. I want heat to complement the, the, with flavor. But I don't want the hottest thing just for the hottest thing. Right. You know, uh, a lot of my hot sauces just add a little bit of accent to complement the flavor. <laughs> but yeah, Steve, Steve likes hot sauce for the heat for heat. Right. I, I'm not a heat for heat guy. If it has flavor and it happens to have heat with it, I'm on board. I'm totally on yeah. board. I can handle heat. I can't handle heat just for the sake of it being hot. That to me is not a flavor. No, and uh, I, I don't get it. Uh, my brother Steve and brother Mike are both just like, hey, I don't like this food. Well, if I put enough hot sauce on it, I can still eat it. Why are you eating the food if you didn't like it? Right. Don't 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 mask it with hot sauce. Yeah, I'm also one of those people who thinks cilantro tastes like soap. I'm not a cilantro fan either, so. Right, 
No, I, I have the gene or whatever that makes cilantro taste like dish soap. Oh. <laughs> so there is Now I there... love Mexican food. Oh, I love As long uh, as it's light on the cilantro. <laughs> I, I can take a bit. Actually, I don't mind a bit of cilantro, a, a decent amount on Mexican food. All, however, there is a Thai place here in, in, in town that unfortunately, though, all of their spices are Mexican. And so they put like cilantro in their pad thai. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this, this, no, no, this is not good. <laughs> and so you're basically having half taco, half pad thai. And just like these two spices and nations shouldn't mix. Uh, let's see. We've got a couple of questions here. Uh, so the bottom line, are next-gen video cards from NVIDIA or AMD going to be sufficient for 4K gaming? I would say mostly. How's that? Um, if you make a couple graphical concessions and you turn off anti-aliasing, yes, I think they're enough. And honestly, at 4K, I don't think you need anti-aliasing anymore. Um, the The resolution is so sharp that you're going to eliminate Jaggy's in that whole process. And yes, you can do FXAA and a couple other techs. Those, those have been around for a while. If you're just native anti-aliasing, I'd turn that off at this point. But that being said, yes, I think overall those cards are going to be enough for 4K gaming this generation. Um, but I think the battle to ramp up speed is kind of just beginning. Because, again, this is the first major breakthrough for both CPU and GPU that we've had as far as single-threaded performance goes in the last four years. And we're getting them both at the same time. And it's really exciting and also really frustrating because we can't get our hands on these. So, there you go. Uh, any 10 gigabit changes recently? Just rewatched your $110 10 gigabit Switch video earlier today. Thank you. Uh, that's always a popular one. Uh, it's, I think, my number four or five video of all time. It's up there. It's definitely up there. Um, anyway, there's not a whole lot new on the the budget-oriented 10 gigabit stuff. Um, there are some budget options coming out in the 2.5 gigabit switching. And now that a lot of the, the higher-end boards, I'm speaking the, the Z490s, X, you know, X570s, are starting to come standard now with 2.5 gigabit on board. And in fact, it's now a negative point if it only comes with gig. Um, it might be worth looking at some of the budget uh, 2.5 gig switches for home. Uh, you can get them around $100 for maybe a four to eight port switch. Um, but there's not that many of them out there yet. Uh, I think when they become a little bit more ubiquitous and they start coming down to like the 60 and $50 range, I think that is absolutely a, a buy it now moment. You know, start upgrading your wired network. The problem is most consumers have been focusing on wireless because, well, I have 30 wireless devices in my home and like, I have like 15 wired devices, but I'm the weird one. So, yeah, well, I mean, most people it's, you know, you have your cell phone, you have your tablets and you have all your kids and your smart TVs, your laptops, your smart fridge, your toaster, yeah. your thermostat, your, your Nest security cameras, your, yeah, Wi-Fi. Exactly. Most most people only have one wired thing, and it's usually their Me modem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, no. Yeah, uh, I I think two point five gig is going to be the next 
thing that we really start to focus on and worry about. Um, and I'm kind of waiting for that that heel to drop. So hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Um, Raspberry Pi 400, good idea or no? I think at 80 bucks, it makes a lot of sense if you're looking for a computing computer, something to actually sit down and use on a daily basis. Comes with a case, comes with a thermal solution. Keyboard. <laughs> Keyboard. What more do you want? Throw a mouse and an HDMI monitor on it and you're good to go. Um, uh, I'm actually likely looking at uh, uh, picking up one just to just to look at because I'm a fan of Raspberry Pi stuff, you know. Less than a hundred bucks. Right. I mean, you're you're basically looking at a hundred dollar price point just to buy a Raspberry Pi. I mean, I reviewed case. this guy not yeah. long ago, and it, honestly, a, a comparative review of the two wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put up a comparative review simply because, or just mention it. I'll mention it. You know I that I like the form factor. Of, Oh yeah, it's like, hey, here's a alternative to what is out there or what this is. This is the alternative. If you want to see that video, click here. You know, yep. that's basically you know all you'd have to do. But yeah, no, for less than a hundred bucks, you get what the four four gigabit memory. Uh, you get the base model, basically, isn't yep. it? Right. Yeah. Um, ten dollar donation, uh, Denver, Denver. There we go. Uh, $10. Thank you very much, by the way. Uh, here's your, for your Donnie FX9 fund. I have a four port 10 gig. I have a four port 10 gig switch for $300, but it has 41 gig. Uh, and I just picked up a pair of dual 40 gig, uh, OT sync between, uh, server using DAC. Yeah. Um, I've actually been looking at an affordable 40 gig solution. Now it's only two 40 gig ports. Um, but uh, uh, Microtech has one for like 550 that has, I want to say 40 10 gig SFP plus and then a pair of, uh, of 40 gigs. So hook up my file server to 40 gig, hook up my main workstation to 40 gig and put everything else on 10. Either that or I'll probably end up with uh, either like an XG16, a, a Unify XG16, which is the 16 port uh, 10 gig SFP plus. Uh, that one's about 500 bucks. There's also the Microtik, uh, is it the three CRS 310, I want to say, um, which is a 12 port, uh, 10 gig SFP plus. So that one's only 300 bucks. So that's actually probably going to be the one that I go with. Um, especially cause I'm looking at upgrading my home lab to 10 gig just for grins. So, yeah. Yes. Everyone, everything in your house is wired <laughs> yeah uh let's see what else xbox series h the h is for hookah <laughs> let's I thought, see. I, yeah i thought it was a humidifier box i was like oh this is great xbox really thinking about us yep i'm about to dip my toes into sfp plus it's addictive it's addictive. Once you have one, you'll want all the rest of your systems on it. Uh, Cisco 4948 has four 10 gig SFP plus ports and 41 gig ports for about $60 used. Yeah, but then I have to have a Cisco device in my house. <laughs> Stupid big soon. Two dollar. Dollar make you holla. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't put it in the right spot, so... 
thank you for the two dollar donation spin i sincerely appreciate you your money <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i like their money yeah Uh, let's see. Who else? Craft, can you also confirm your toaster is Wi-Fi enabled? No, I hate smart appliances in general. Um, I, I want a smart home. I hate cloud-connected appliances. Hate them with a fiery passion. Um. I was pinging everything. I don't know. But... Yeah, I've I've talked about this a couple of times. I want a an automated house. I want lights that come on and turn off at certain times. I want, you know, time conditions to set the temperature of my lights, you know, because reds and yellows are nice in the morning and late evening, whereas I want 6,000K in the afternoon, so I'll actually stay awake, you know, things like that. Um, you want a Jarvis. Right, I want a Jarvis, but I want a self-hosted Jarvis. Yeah. Um, and... To this point, there's not a lot out there unless you are literally programming it yourself and using nothing but open source and Zigbee type uh, devices. And they're few and far between and they're rarely polished. So unfortunately, Cloud Connected is the way it goes because that's the way people can afford to make affordable cloud or you know smart devices is by making them Cloud Connected, hosting the infrastructure, writing the software once, and then mining the data off of it. So. Um, did you talk about so-and-so being replaced next year? I'm, I'm not going to get into any debate about that today. Um, we all want net neutrality, but until I see a new administration take hold, I'm not going to hold out hope. <laughs> I'd rather see who the appointee is first. Maybe it's AT&T's lawyer this time instead of Verizon's. HomeLab is up to 367 gigabytes of memory for the ESXi cluster to add a node or not to add another or not to add a node. Hmm. Uh, stay tuned, actually. Uh, sometime next week, uh, I just found some refurbished gear that you can buy pretty affordably that is dual socket uh 2011 v1 uh or not 2011 v1 2011 v0 or 2110 socket uh with full eight channels of memory in a 1u package for 110 bucks with rails now you need to buy CPUs but a couple of 2650s look pretty sweet for, you know, 15 bucks a piece. Comes with heat sinks, comes with fans, comes with power supply. If you want to add nodes, oh man, there's never been a better time. Let's see. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Can you guys sing Hop's song, Photograph? Uh, Hop's refuses to sing that in public without uh, compensation. Yes. No, so. I, I will need my lawyer present to make okay. sure. 
He's got an attorney and an agent, and it's it's a whole thing. To... It's a whole thing. I just you know I just can't. So you know, I'd I'd love to. I really would. I really want to. Mm-hmm. It's just you know I'd get sued. There's some other guy who's saying that he wrote it and he sings it, and it's false. What's funny is before you said that, he commented, "Hops was the original singer. Ask for the video." <laughs> <laughs> I was reading that as you were refuting it. (laughs) Some other guy said. It's all true. It's all true. It's all true. It's all true. Look at this photograph. (laughs) There's a video surfing somewhere around there. I was the original one. And they kicked me out and this this asshole, whatever. (laughs) Or sorry. It's not 10. Um, Freaking Chad. Chad. Uh, just replaced my 8700K with a 9900KF. What should I do with the 8700K? Um, home lab. Build yourself a server. That's got more than enough kick for one. Uh, wasn't the $5 compensation enough? <laughs> <laughs> no, that just, that just pays enough for us to talk about it. Right. By the way, I'm going to have to pay royalties for even singing that line. So, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to have to do a strike on this video. Uh boot camp on the ma- on the arm max of possibility. No. Not even. Not even close. Uh part of Apple's new ecosystem is Remember how we always said that the iPhone was kind of a walled garden? Well, that wall now surrounds the Mac. And when I mean wall, or when I say wall, I mean wall. I mean cryptographic security over the boot ROM. I mean the possibility of loading something else slim to nil. Uh, Yes, you can technically still sideload apps onto an iPhone. I don't know that any have been jailbroken in quite some time. Although I haven't really paid attention to the jailbreak scene in quite some time. yeah, the the likelihood of you getting another operating system up and running, slim to nil. Let alone with any... Because remember, Apple made their own silicon. Apple made everything inside of that chip. Do you think they're going to be standardized ARM drivers? Do you think everything's going to work out of the box? No. So, yeah. I Boot camp is a thing of the past. They've already been trying to kill it in numerous different ways, but yeah. Hello, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC and I'm a PC too. And I'm what? (laughs) That was a great ad back in the day. Oh yeah. How long did that go for? Yeah. I think that was like at least four or five years. I wanted to see Justin Long reprise his role. If they're going to bring back uh, John Hodgman, you got to bring back Justin Long. Well, they probably just can't afford him now. Still for Hodgman. He was in, yeah. What was the last thing he was in, though? Hasn't been a lot. Yeah. I mean, they're around the uh, same, you know. I don't want to be rude to anyone's career, but they're about C-list actors, you know. Yeah. They're they're known. He was in Galaxy Quest. He was in Galaxy Quest. He was a lead in Galaxy Quest. I will give him that. Yeah. Um. One of the best Star Trek I'd, movies I'd ever. I'd say supporting to to Tim Allen and co-supporting to Sigourney Weaver because she had some other supporting units in that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. 
What are we talking about? By Graptar's hammer, I will avenge thee. By Graptar's hammer, what a savings. <laughs> oh, God, that's such a great... Now, they're making a... I don't know, that's not a... Got, it might have got a release, but they're making a biography of that. Yeah. Live for your uh, die hard. Yeah, he was the... Oh, yeah, he was the, the tech nerd in the, that The co-lead in Live for your die hard. Yeah, that, that was the guy that took his uh, Nokia and somehow did a couple buttons and like, now you have free internet and phone. Right. Of course, that's all it takes. I'm on the dark webs now. <laughs> Me and my rollable silicon keyboard. Oh, God. No self-respecting hacker would even own one of those. None. Yeah. I wish Dell hadn't fired the Dell Stoner guy. Well, the problem is the Dell Stoner guy was getting stoned in the late 90s. And yeah. then it was still faux pas. <laughs> Dude, to Dell. Yeah, he got Michael stoned. Phelps was suspended from U.S. swimming for smoking pot to tell you how recently that's been an issue. Yeah, they call it performance enhancing. Performance enhancing drug. <laughs> they called it. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> to quote Robin Williams, the only way marijuana is a performing enhancing drug is if, is if there's a big F and Hershey bar at the end of the run. Yeah. Yeah, I think, didn't he say he needed it for his anxiety and to do his diet? Something like that, yeah. Something like that, because he had this huge diet that he had to maintain. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I guess he's. Well, yeah, professional really... athletes when they're when they're in training, it's twenty thousand calories a day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he. That's why you constantly see him. Like when he had that McDonald's sponsorship, he's probably actually eating McDonald's. Right. And honestly, if you're eating that much, you're probably gonna need to be high. <laughs> I know I would need to be high to yeah. eat that much McDonald's in a day. Heck, I haven't eaten that much McDonald's in two years. Yeah, no, I can't. My my son will like chicken nuggets, and I'll like you know I'll steal a couple French fries. But yeah, you you eat I eat any more than just a little bit. Even if I try, like okay, I'm gonna go get I'm gonna go get a cheeseburger. I'll go get I'll get a you know McDouble or something. I'm like oh my gosh, this yeah. is horrible. Like yeah, I'll I'll buy a McDouble, and that's about as far as I'll go. Yeah, McDouble, no like, pickles. Yeah, I I get yeah I I'll, I get a Mc, yeah no pickle no I or I, mm, ketchup and mustard is what I go with. Yeah. Um. I end up, I do, I will say though, if I take one of the buns off, then I'm like, okay, I can taste some flavor here because they're just so airy. It's just, yeah. 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 No, my, my daughter asks all the time to go to McDonald's. I'm like, no, we're going to Wendy's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any place else. I finally got my son to like talk about Carl's Jr. across the street. <laughs> God, anything else. Yeah. He, he likes uh, Carl's Jr. He'll take the uh, Star Nuggets. Yeah. He likes those. Um, he doesn't like hamburger or, or sandwiches. He doesn't like holding things if they fall apart if you eat them. Yeah. But I, I've somehow convinced him to like the taco, uh, the Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell. So then I can go to Taco Bell. But the problem is then you're buying a child who only has, you know, three or four bites, this $6 item. Right. And you're just like, this is a waste. Yep. But, but I can go buy my $2 item that I want. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no. I, I always try to get her to go to Carl's Jr. instead so I can get a Western bacon cheeseburger. Oh, God, those are so good. Yes. Uh, let's see. Big Big Spoon, $1.43. Thank you. Paul Young, four twenty. I don't know what that's referencing. Uh... <laughs> Only thing I order at McDonald's is the Shamrock Shake. Wait, wait. Your machines are working? That's not fair. 
And no, if you're if you're gonna go with an ice cream dessert at McDonald's, it's the Heath McFlurry. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah. Now that and uh, oh yeah, they just released their McPlant now or whatever their their meatless their Impossible uh, Burger. Yeah, their version of the, yeah the Impossible Burger. Go to Dairy Queen instead. Exactly. If I want a mint shake, I'm going to Dairy Queen because Dairy yeah. Queen knocks their their Shamrock shake out of the park. Most, most, if I'm gonna go with anything dairy uh, like ice cream, I would rather go to Dairy Queen. Yeah. What I will tell you is the soft serve that is at uh, Dairy Queen and at Burger King are the exact same vendor. It's the exact same soft serve. Really? Yep. Hmm. The inside information. Yeah. Did you know? I don't know. Did you used to work at a Dairy Queen? No. Oh. Burger King? Yes. Steve used to work at a Dairy Queen. So did he? Yes. You might want to talk to him about that. But it's, this was also probably a, a, a ways different than you. Not that far removed. <laughs> so, so John, maybe 03. 90? Oh. <laughs> Steve, not me. Steve. Yeah, you said 01. You didn't <laughs> no, say 91. No, 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 like, yeah, like 91. Um, you know what? Dairy Queens haven't evolved that much. <laughs> no. No, he, yeah, he would tell me stories of like them constantly making whatever they wanted in the deep fryer and mixing their own uh, ingredients and everything. Yeah. Um, but this was also back when it was like all they had was a burger, cheeseburger, and uh, chicken strips. Yeah. So. That's when I ate a Dairy Queen. That's pretty much all I eat still. <laughs> yeah, chicken strips. Yeah, that's yep. I, I go with the chicken strips and with the toast. No, I I'll, I will say, a couple of years ago, they came out with a fantastic mozzarella chicken burger. Ooh. It was it was fr a fried chicken patty with mozzarella and, and like marinara on it. It was fantastic. And they only had it for like a year. And I was so mad when they got rid of it because... <sighs> It was $8 and it was oh. totally worth it. Yeah. I, I, I that was back when I was making do... IT administrator money though. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when places do that. They're like, this is the best thing ever. They're like, it's not selling as we want. I'm right. Like, Screw you, this is the best thing you got. I had faith in you again. It was literally taking two chicken strips, putting them on a bun, melting mozzarella cheese and pouring a marinara on the top. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> and yeah, they went, we're just not making enough. You still stock the items for God's sakes. I know. Just sell it to me. Chicken strips, toast, and white gravy. Yes. Oh, that's good too. Yep. Yeah, I used to do it at the, at the tap room. It was a Texas toast, white gravy, and mm -hmm. a uh, country fried steak mm -hmm. sandwich. That was really good. I like that one. Best fast food chicken sandwich. Ooh. Ooh. We don't actually, although nationwide. We, we don't, don't have, have Chick-fil-A here. Yeah, we so, don't have Chick-fil-A. So, so I think we're going to eliminate what we all know is probably number one. Yeah. We don't have Chick-fil-A in Oregon. Um, and I'm not going to count in and out because they don't even have chicken, but I don't, we only have two of those. Right, we only have two of those. There's one in Grants Pass. There's one in Kaiser. In Kaiser. Um, I would say probably the, the Wendy spicy chicken. Really? Yeah. I was actually going to go Arby's. Were you? 
I I actually like Ooh. Arby's chicken sandwiches. Now that you say, I'm gonna go Arby's. Yeah, I think Arby's does a pretty good job with their chicken stuff. Yep. Most, almost all of their chicken, I, I, it just feels like a, a little bit bigger, a little bit crunchier patty. Yeah. No, I, I fully agree. Um, yeah, if we go best chicken strips, Carl's Jr. is actually a dark horse contender there. Yeah, I agree with that. Right. Yeah. Um, like Arby's has pretty good chicken strips. Uh, I We have Popeye's around here. I've eaten at Popeye's a couple of times. Yeah. They're they're certainly not bad. No, um, I like them. I'll take them over KFC. Right. Uh, but uh, but no, Carl's Jr. for chicken strips, dark horse. They're they're that. pretty solid. Um, Arby's has, uh, gosh, which one was it? They're like a tri tip brisket. Or oh, yeah. It was a brisket barbecue sandwich with with like onion. Uh, yeah, deep fried onions. Deep fried onions on it. Yeah, oh, that was a good one. Oh God, yeah. And I I ordered that. I'm pretty sure that one. And this was the first time I ever saw my sandwich. There's a Chick-fil-A in Clackamas Town Center. Oh, is there? I did not know that. I didn't know that either. But again, one in all of Oregon, you know. Yeah. 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 But but that that was the first time I ever ordered an uh, an actual sandwich from any place. And it looked like the picture. Yeah. That's how big Arby's made. I was like, yeah, totally worth it. I don't care if it was eight bucks worth every penny. And it tasted as good as it looked yeah yeah no um independent korean fried chicken <laughs> no i mean it sounds delicious but we don't have any of that here safeway actually does great have does have great fried chicken i will agree with that uh safeway does have above tier Fried chicken, if you compare it to a lot of the other grocery stores with delis. Grocery and whatnot. store, Al, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you, I was like, no, but grocery store, it's not bad. No, I, I, I will say they're actually a contender. Um, I wouldn't I put them number one, but they're solid. They're okay. I, I will say every When's Safeway the last time you had Safeway fried chicken? I, I, no, I, I go to Safeway and Fred Meyer a lot for lunch. Right. And, and they're deli, and that's it's mm-hmm. either Safeway has two options: fried chicken or Chinese. Chinese that's usually right. one of the two. Yep. Uh, and Fred Meyer usually it's it's chicken. Chicken. Right. So I I at least go off of Fred Meyer and Safeway, and the two next to me, not that good. Right. No, um, I I used to eat all the time at the Safeway that's next to you. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So it, it's, and I do think though every cook, every person that's behind there, you know. Did, how long did they cook it? Technically, did they burn it? it you can vary on a lot of deli food, technically. Yeah. You know, if you get anything fresh, yeah, it's probably going to taste fantastic. Yeah. They'll leave it out there for hours yeah. under the heat lamp. And if I get that, I'm like, oh, this is horrible. Why did I spend this much? See, now I'm craving Chinese food again because someone mentioned it. I think I'm going to have to drive into town to my favorite Chinese place, which is like 25 miles away. But I'm going to do it <laughs> tomorrow because now I want Chinese. Oh, yeah. They have a general sow that will blow your mind. <laughs> oh God, it's good. Yep. There are about five Popeyes in Portland. There's also one in Aurora. Yep. There's also uh, one in Salem. Salem on Mission. Yep. That one's always packed. Yes, it is. It's actually right next to a tap room too. There's a tap house right there. Uh, it's also right uh, right around the corner from Santiam, Gilgamesh, and a couple other tap out or yep. you know breweries that are right there. Um, there's a Carl's Jr. there. 
So yeah. And yeah, there's that Hawaiian 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 time. Hawaiian time. Yeah. yeah. They are really good. Have you ever had Hawaiian time? Nope. They're fantastic. I recommend nope. them. I, I'm not a pineapple and meat kind of guy. Yeah. Uh no, no <laughs> pineapple involved. Really? Nope. It's teriyaki. Oh. It's a teriyaki place. Oh. Um and uh so a number two or a number three. That's what I would get. Okay. They they have a chicken and they have a beef and they're amazingly yeah, good. Fun. I'd, I'd try that. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's chicken, rice, and uh, um, they call it a mac, but it's it's a mac and cheese, but it's a cold mac and cheese. It's it's like a macaroni salad kind of thing, and okay. it's amazingly good. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, whatever. I'll yeah. try it. Yeah, I always thought it was like a Hawaiian burger type place. That's what I thought too. Uh, but we went there, and it's like, no, we're like teriyaki we're like rice and chicken and beef and oh yeah 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 no swing into one they're yeah, well, they're uh, worth yeah. it yeah okay all right hawaiian pizza was invented in canada that's why we used to call it canadian bacon and ham back when i was a kid it wasn't hawaiian it was canadian bacon and ham or canadian bacon and pineapple, canadian bacon and pineapple. Excuse me. yeah Excuse me. that's what i i remember that as. Yeah. yeah canadian, canadian bacon, bacon and pineapple, pineapple. You millennials don't get it. <laughs> I see. I think uh, wasn't like Papa Murphy's the first one to say Hawaiian pizza. They were among. They were coming up around the same time yeah, that Hawaiian adopters. was kind of overtaking yeah. Canadian bacon and pineapple. Uh, whenever I went to a pizzeria uh, when I was you know younger, it was Canadian bacon. Pineapple. Canadian bacon and pineapple. Yeah, yeah. The the local Pizza Hut or uh, Domino's. Right. No, we all... we had Papa's Pizza. We had Pietro's. We had Where are Pietro's? Uh, we had probably a dozen other local small pizzerias that were just the one shop. Oh they yeah. Just opened a pizza place. Uh, my favorite one ever was Blackjack Pizza in downtown Eugene, and uh, they were only there about three years. But oh my god, they were amazing. Yeah. Someone posted a pic on Twitter of pizza. I was like, I want that. That looks so delicious. <laughs> <sighs> Like totally oven baked, big slice of pepperoni. It's like a little burnt on the edges. Like, oh, that looks delicious. <laughs> uh, Tech with Sean says there's a good pizza place in Portland down the street from Northwest Cannabis Club, or so I hear. <laughs> <laughs> Was that, uh, oh God, uh, uh, Zizzle Pie? <laughs> Sizzle Pie? There's yeah. Zizzle Pie. There's, uh, there's Flying Pie. There's, what's the other one? Um, they used to have one in Lancaster. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I, I don't remember it, but yeah. They have the Hawaiian pizza with the big rings on them. Yeah. Yeah. With the full the full canned rings. Yeah. Um, Steve probably knows. Steve, what is it? Uh, pizza Schmitza. Pizza Schmitza. Yep, that's right. Yep. There's a couple of those around. Yeah, Pizza Schmitza is pretty darn good. All right. Um, two Pietros oh, yeah. left, uh, one here in Milwaukee, the other in Beaverton. Technically, the the one in Salem is still around. It's still technically called Pietros uh, right off Market Street. Yeah. Uh, there's also what used to be Pietros, but is essentially the same exact thing down in Springfield, what used to be Glenwood until it was annexed by Springfield. Um, so there you go. A little Oregon history for you. 
Best way to have pizza, thin crust, standard, or deep dish? I am a thick crust all the way. I am a Chicago style through and through. I like them all. Doesn't matter to me. I'll eat anything. I'll eat, I, I'll eat it all. So yeah. as long as it tastes good, that each one has a really bad version and a really good version of each. Right. So, um, but no, if I'm, if I'm choosing a pizza, it's, it's a thick crust every time I, you know, the, I want a breadstick when I'm done, <laughs> when I get to the crust. Um, so yeah, I'm usually, you know, Chicago style stuffed crust, stuffed pizza, thick crust anyway. Yeah. I, I, I do not like my wife loves the, uh, cracker thin pizza. Yeah. I, I, I can't not, not the New York style, but the, you know, the, I'm on a diet thin pizza. It basically right. tastes like I put a tortilla. The delight some, pizza. Yeah. The yeah. delight. I was like, it's a dollar more. You're just, just have two bites. Just have two bites of a pizza slice. Right. I'll have the rest. It's the same filling. Right. Why? Right. <laughs> yep. Well, and it's not even good reheated. Well, two of the four members of my household have celiac disease. And so it's gluten free for them. And so, yeah. uh, thank heavens that Papa Murphy's now has a gluten free pizza that is, for all intents and purposes, celiac, you know, safe. Uh, there's always a risk because they make the dough in the same restaurant and whatnot. But um, for those who don't know, celiac is uh, gluten. Uh, is a gluten uh, anti or immunocompromised. Gosh, what am I trying to say here? Um, uh, Immune compromising? No. Uh, gosh, what's the word I'm trying to think? Um, it, it's an immune disease. It's uh, your autoimmune. Auto, autoimmune. Uh, Thank you. Autoimmune. Um, it's an autoimmune disease, and it uh, basically, in the presence of gluten, your antibodies will attack the the lining of your small intestine. Um, and so it's not like I'm allergic to gluten. It's not that. It is literally like crumbs of bread or croutons or things like that will cause immense pain for a number of hours uh, and cause permanent damage to the lining of the small intestine. Um, and uh, both my wife and my youngest daughter have it. Uh, and so we get Papa Murphy's probably once or twice a month and they get the gluten-free pizza. And then me and my oldest daughter, we get the the Chicago Five meat. Yeah, <laughs> that's the good one. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, well, with you and your daughter, you're like, oh, I'll get that. She gets one slice and like, I have lunch for three days. Right. No, that's... No, you think that. Holy <laughs> crap. That girl eats more than me anymore. She's seven. Oh, yeah, she's, yeah, she's growing, huh? Good God. Like, I could put it away in my day, but holy crap. I know you're like, all right, I got you a slice. I need two more already. Come on, Dad. Right. Work at a pizza place. We always use new tools and gloves for gluten-free pizzas, and the majority of places do. And and we are very very picky on the places that we eat out at, uh, because it is a serious issue. It's it's not like oh no, I'm gonna you know have diarrhea for half a day. No, it's like enough of it can put us in the hospital. Um, and so it's uh, it's a whole deal. Uh, we we are really good cooks, and it's not because we sought out to be really good cooks. It's because we can't eat out anymore. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, we are 12 minutes past the hour. I think that's a great place to call it. Uh, yeah. John, any uh, any plugs you want to drop for Hops and Brews? Any upcoming things? Things you just launched? Uh, I uh, other, other than actually, I'm probably going to be a little bit late on this week's video, so probably not till next week. Anything new is going to drop. Um, but I do have some really, really, I think, fun stuff. I'm going to be doing a couple series of actually Big Big Spoon has helped me out. Um, a couple other Patreons. Um, I have... Basically, I'm going to start dropping a bit more interesting and fun episodic stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, not just uh, intro or you know beer reviews, but there, if there is anything in Jeff's Patreon that they are curious or want to know a little more knowledge of beer, you are free to chat to all of us. We are all highly knowledgeable in beer and cocktails, and a lot of people on the chat are as well. So, um, feel free to do that. Uh, a lot of people chiming in uh, have various family members with celiac, and it's terrible. It it is absolutely terrible. Um, we are a ninety nine percent gluten free house. I do have a small shelf of like bread and bagels and English muffins and things like that that I eat, and my daughter eats. My oldest daughter eats. Um, but we are very strict protocol on how we handle that. We take the packages down. We open them over a plate. We have our own separate toasters. Uh, I have a toaster oven. My wife has a four-bay toaster. And one is gluten-free. The other is obviously not gluten-free. Um, our Traeger is 100% gluten-free. I can't toast my buns out on the Traeger. Um, uh, and whenever I'm done with, with uh, you know, making the bread products, the counters get wiped down, the tables get wiped down, everything gets wiped down because it's a serious problem for my wife and my my other daughter. It's not very often that we have bread in the house, but, uh, you know, sometimes I got to have a burger that's actually has wheat in it. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, if you have not done so already, make sure to follow me on Twitter at craft computing, make sure to like this video and subscribe, uh, to the channel, subscribe over to hops and brews as well. And follow him on Twitter at hops and brews incidentally. Uh, and if you'd like to take part in the super secret after show over on the discord, make sure to join the Patreon or float plane. Links are down in the video description. Minimum donation of $1 per month or $2 on the float plane gets you access to the exclusive discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all of the hosts from talking heads and join the ever growing community that's over there. And of course, all money goes to, well, keeping the lights on around here because I do this full time now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my screen's this way but camera's yeah. that way <laughs> yeah no I, I had to figure out how, which direction I need to point it's you need to mirror image your brain yeah and I was like oh okay yeah it's, it's that way then I have to yeah <laughs> right he's there yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. okay anyway thank you guys so much for joining us here for episode 158 of Talking Heads join us every Wednesday night for the latest in beer and tech news at 8pm Pacific time right here on YouTube And as always, we'll see you next week. See you guys. Cheers.